Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than leaving your mom's birthday party early to record a podcast. Uh, I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. And Tabitha. It must be your mom's birthday, because it's definitely not ours. Yeah. Either of ours, not that we have the same mom. That came out weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of that would be weird. (laughs) But yes, uh, today, today is my mom's birthday, so happy birthday, mom. Um, yeah, whatever. So, um, if you like awkwardly wishing your mom a happy birthday, then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Podcast Addict, or iTunes. Really like what you hear? Then throw us some lettuce on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It's getting worse. I'm going to start, like trying to prepare for what he's going to say or saying using what he said the week before and bringing it here and throwing it at him <laughs> like so next, next week i will be well we won't be here next week no we will be here next week i don't know how calendars yeah. work um i will throw shredded lettuce at you sweet yeah i'll be having them. tacos that night <laughs> <laughs> lettuce tacos taco thursday yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which i guess does kind of um Bring up a uh, programming note. Since Halloween does occur on a Thursday, we're going to take Halloween off so you can go be scary or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> speaking of Halloween stuff, I got a couple things I want to plug because uh, whenever local stuff happens, we always like to talk about it. The first one is super local to us because it's the reason why Lydia hasn't been here for how long should we go now? Like two months? Something like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Two months, two years. I Who's Lydia? Have we met Lydia? Wasn't that Pickett's dog? No, I think that... Wait, what was that dog's name? The one that hated me? Yeah. But you named it Lydia. Oh, I did name it Lydia. No, not the one that hated you. That was Piper. Piper hated you. Piper absolutely <laughs> hated me. Uh, no, I named the little one Lydia. I don't remember what that dog... Was, yeah. was it a chihuahua? Am I it making was, that up? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was a tiny dog. It was yeah. a tiny thing. <laughs> Anyway, so Lydia the human, not Lydia the dog, (laughs) is in Rocky Horror, which is going to be at the Hoagland Center for the Arts. Uh, It's presented by uh, Hoagland as well as ADHD Productions. It's going to take place uh, Thursday, October 24th at 8 p.m. And then Friday the 25th and Saturday the 26th at both 8 and 11.30 p.m. Tickets are $22 for adults and $20 for seniors and students over 18. Um... If you don't know anything about Rocky Horror, then you need to know, this is for adults. <laughs> Do not bring your children. No. no. Yeah. So, um, something you can bring your children to. This weekend, or this Saturday, uh, in fact, uh, from 9 to 5 is the Firefighters Lake Club uh, Firefighters Comic Con. Uh, they just announced a... Titan Iron Game Master uh, 2019 competition. Cool. Uh, it's presented by Titan Games as well as Ultra Pro. And um, all the participants will each get uh, thirty, like over thirty dollars in product, including a dice bag, a metal D twenty, bunch of other stuff. Wow! So tickets are available on Eventbrite, and also check out the event on Facebook for more information. Um, I will either post a link to the uh, event either in the show notes, or I'll be sharing it soon. Finally, Killens is participating in Halloween Comic Fest 2019 on uh, October 26th from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. There will be free comics uh, published specifically for the event, kind of like Free Comic Book Day. They're also going to have candy, guest artists, and a store-wide sale. Um, So that's awesome. I mean, you had me at candy (laughs) and store-wide sale. And free comics. Yeah. 
It's like pretty much everything. checking literally all your boxes. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> finally, uh, Reader's World, which is another uh, local comic shop, they are hosting a couple of Magic the Gathering events. Uh, they are holding a uh, booster draft on October 23rd at 6 p.m. And then also a Magic the Gathering open house on October 26th at 1 p.m. Um, the open house is open to new and existing players. And every new player will get a ready-to-play welcome deck. Oh, cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So lots of lots of local geek stuff going mm. on to make, make my heart happy. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, something that will probably be making my heart happy, but my wallet a little less happy. Uh, Matt, what did uh, Disney Plus announce? Uh, they announced everything that's going to be available on the streaming service on release on the 12th of November. Remember, remember the 12th of November. <laughs> <laughs> Gunpowder, treason, and plot? That doesn't go with. No. I don't know. Anyway. I can make that work. Like, mouse ears. <laughs> Popcorn and we didn't have enough time. We yeah, should have planned I, I, that. I, I didn't think this through. Oh. Sorry, guys. All right. Um, so they launched a launch day trailer, but this is not a trailer. It's three plus hours long. Yeah, that's not a trailer. No, that's that's also a, a lot. That's a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long movie. It says you can start this video and watch all of Avengers Endgame. On a different screen, and you still wouldn't be done with the trailer when Endgame is over. That's a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, they go through everything that's going to be available. Um, there's an entire list um, online as well of everything going all the way back to the original Snow White and the Seven Dwarves from 1937. Uh, you know, a lot of titles from back then. Pinocchio, Swiss Family Robinson, Bambi... Treasure Island, Alice in Wonderland, uh, but it keeps going. You get 101 Dalmatians, Parent Trap, Incredible Journey, uh, Ugly Dachshund, Love Bug, Aristocats, um, and it keeps going and going and going, counting all, you know, all the way through all the Star Wars movies you know we're getting. Um, the new content we're getting, The Mandalorian, uh, X-Men tv series i think they announced that gargoyles tv series is going to be part of it as well apparently lizzie mcguire i just saw that that's very important that are <laughs> concerned about that uh <laughs> that might be the most important thing on that list is it it might be so they did this whole trailer hashtag trailer i uh, wouldn't call it um and <laughs> kind of to spoof the fact that this is not really a trailer there was a twitter account that was created that started tweeting out everything not going to be on disney plus <laughs> <laughs> so each each time like each tweet was a different movie or show that was not going to be available that was a disney product that you would think you would find mm -hmm. like mighty ducks oh Maybe it will be eventually, but not on November 12th. Um, cool Runnings. That's not cool. <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. Why do they got to get sports movies, man? Up apparently will not be available. That's good. Because right I away. I like my soul inside my body. <laughs> so it, you know, they went, this, this Twitter account went through and, and listed 600 plus titles, I think it said, that are not going to be available day of, you know, Maleficent, 
Just, it's a fairly new one, so I kind of get that. Maybe you'd wait until both of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, once the second one comes out. I don't know anybody that would actually sit and watch this three plus hour quote unquote trailer. No. I'll have that kind of time. No, no. not at all. Um, quick aside before we move on. Um, and when you mentioned the Aristocats, that kind of reminded me. <laughs> have you guys seen the mashup of the Aristocats and Lizzo's Truth Hurts? Yes. It's the best thing on the internet. <laughs> it is so amazing. <laughs> Somebody um, like did like the entire song. Not as good. Yeah. Yeah. Because then at, at, at one point, which you kind of have to, you, they keep recycling the same footage right. over and over again. But yeah, that that minute clip was like, oh, man, perfect. Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> Okay, so we got um, a bunch of casting news about the Batman over the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first big one uh, came out a couple days ago. Uh, It was announced that Zoe Kravitz is going to play Catwoman. Um, So Zoe has also starred as uh, Leda Lestrange in Fantastic Beasts. Is that correct? Uh, (laughs) Interestingly (laughs) enough, she also has voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and she is also going to be in Hulu's adaptation of High F- uh, Fidelity. So. <laughs> did you guys hear the eye roll? I did hear okay. the eye roll. Just making sure. Um, I think, uh, I, I'm i not too familiar with Zoe's work, but I think just based off of looks alone, like, yeah, I can dig that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it did, the article that I read didn't explicitly say, but it does sound like she is going to be Selena Kyle. Um which there have been iterations of Catwoman where it's a different person. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about Jonah Hill being in discussion to play a role. Yep. That ain't <laughs> happening now. Um, he and Warner Brothers could not come to terms on a deal. So we do have a Riddler. It was announced today that Paul Dano has been cast. Um, the weird thing about this, he is not the Riddler is not going to be Edward Nigma. It's going to be Edward Nashton. Which kind of sucks, because I like Enigma. Enigma. That was yeah. the whole point of him being the Riddler. Yeah, was... I know. That's... Yeah. yeah. Maybe they thought people uh. in this day and age wouldn't get it, because no one's smart anymore. Well, too bad. Like, <laughs> let the smart people have their jokes. Exactly. I enjoyed it. Uh, Dano... Salty. Yeah. <laughs> Dano has also starred in uh, Love and Mercy... 12 Years a Slave, uh, There Will Be Blood, Youth, and was also nominated for an enemy. Enemy? <laughs> He's nominated for an Emmy. He's going to be Batman's enemy, so that kind of works, right? Um, <laughs> nominated to be Batman's enemy? Yes. Uh, but he was nominated for an Emmy for Escape at uh, Dameron. I think that's how you pronounce that. I wrote that down, and my handwriting got sloppy, so... <laughs> about that (laughs) why we should all type everything that we do that's why i type everything that i do i normally do but with today being my mom's birthday i went to see a concert last night like it's been it's been a day so i haven't had the time to do what i normally like to do that sounded weird (laughs) (laughs) but Okay, so of those movies, the only one that I've seen that he is in um, is 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. I don't remember him in that movie, but it's weird. He's got one of those faces that's like, I recognize him from somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe it's 12 Years a Slave and you're just blocking it out. Maybe. Because that movie traumatized you. See, I've seen There Will Be Blood, and I can't think what he would have been in that movie. Yeah, I... 
I don't know. It's one of those guys. One of those guys. He looks like that guy. That guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently he's from New York. Uh, so, all right. So, we got a couple of press releases to talk about briefly. Uh, one came from Vault, and it actually involves a book that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, so, Creature Feature number one has sold out at the distributor level. Wow. Distributor level. Um, the second printing will release the same day as issue two, uh, which will be November 20th. Okay. So, um, also from Oni Press, um, Oni Games and, uh, Renegade Game Studios are collaborating for Scott Pilgrim, um, for, uh, Scott Pilgrim game. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it's on Kickstarter right now. The game is designed by, um, Erica Bujoris and basically the... The idea of the game, Scott and his friends battle the evil League of Exes uh, for Ramona's heart, as you do. Uh, The game is going to feature pre-painted miniatures, uh, boards recreating iconic scenes, and also uh, combat-driven gameplay. I really, really, really enjoy everything Scott Pilgrim, so I would be all about this game. Same. I want to play, but I want to be knives. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we got a couple of uh, books to talk about. So the first one uh, is from uh, Vault, which we just talked about. So it's cult classic uh, creature feature number one. And this came out yesterday. Uh, basically, uh, with this book, it kind of follows two different storylines. Mm. One is it follows a group of kids that are at a sleepover. Things go awry, as they do on sleepovers. And then the other one follows one of those kids' older brother, who's also in high school. um, And he's talking with someone (laughs) who I kind of feel like is going to be not who he thinks. Yeah. 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 He's getting catfish before catfish was a catfish. Yeah. (laughs) Cat. What do they call baby fish? What is your question? (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't baby fish have a name? I guess I could have gone kitten fish. Over catfish. If he was being catfish before catfish was a thing. There Thank you for explaining that in detail. <laughs> we appreciate you. Do you though? No. no. Not at all. No. So, while I'm completely butchering this review, um, I know you guys also got a chance to read it. What did you think? I really liked this. Like, I'm a sucker for like that old school like sci-fi like creature in the dark kind of thing that like kind of jumps around and is just kind of like crazy like 1950s like 60s sci-fi like i really enjoyed this i even really liked the art which is something i normally don't like in things like this yeah yeah going back to the whole creature thing there's like there's a scene with the mouth and (laughs) yep Mm -mm. it's Uh not yeah it's now it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable it's not excessively gory by any means no don't don't think that i mean it's not like it's rated mature or anything like Mm -hmm. that but but yeah there's one scene where i'm like "Mm, i do nope i do not like that in like the best possible way (laughs) (laughs) matt what did you think i love this pretty much from beginning to end this is like everything that i like really enjoy i mean you get that old eldrick horror type of hp lovecraft kind of feel to the monster there's that kind of like an 80s like stranger things kind of creepy vibe going on i pretty much beginning to end i just love this like i am gonna go pick up issue one and i'm gonna get on the list for issue two yeah 
Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and um, I felt like the transitions between the two mm-hmm. conflict not not conflicting storylines, but mm-hmm. the the transitions between the two storylines it it didn't jar you, no. you know. But yeah, I loved i I think I liked the scenes with the sleepover a little bit more only because there were like there was more interaction yeah. Yeah. you know there was more stuff going on um and that one girl um my spirit animal your spirit yeah, animal she's fantastic <laughs> oh my gosh like she's the best <laughs> slash <laughs> the worst when, when we talked about uh when we were at uh, morning in america and we were talking about how like there is that one character that we all wanted to hate but we couldn't uh-huh. i have zero problems hating this character <laughs> yeah <she's great. laughs> but yeah so creature feature number one is out now it's a lot of fun um also from oni press uh this will come out october 22nd it is the long con volume two um Full disclosure, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, uh, you know, mom's birthday and whatnot, but I did get to read the first chapter of this, and um, and essentially, the, at the base of this book, you know, of this story, it's what happens when the apocalypse happens, and you're at a comic book convention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. That's also something that would happen to us. It would happen to us. That would be so cool. It would what be. it? I because I don't know. I'm, not, I'm not super into getting trampled by furries because I feel like that's how I would go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mufasa style. <laughs> R.I.P. me. <laughs> um, all things considered, uh, I really liked, uh, I really did enjoy this first chapter. Kind of gave you a little bit of background into some of the like the major players in this book, and I also like I didn't get a chance to read volume one, which I really wanted to, but I didn't feel completely lost. You know, yeah. there were a couple things where it was like, okay, so what's going on here? But as I kept reading, I answered my own questions. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so it's it's definitely friendly to people who might be checking this out for the first time and didn't know that it was volume two or something like that. Um, Tabitha, I know you're kind of in the same boat that I was in. So what did you think? Yeah, I. I liked how this started out like it it gave me like all the Star Trek vibes like all the writers from Star Trek like sitting around having like a conversation um I I really wish that I had had time to read volume one because I did feel a little like obviously dropped in the middle of something and read it because I did like those like that hearkening back to like like how diverse and everything everything would be by 2018 and like people are like there will be no such thing as like race and you know whatever in 2018 and i'm like oh honey. Oh. oh you you poor sweet thing yeah. <laughs> sweetie <laughs> oh. there it is uh but yeah so definitely do yourself a favor get long con volume one now and read it and be ready for uh, volume two to come out october 22nd so we're going to get into gut reaction. Um, the first one is the uh, the trailer for Doolittle. Uh, it's starring Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give this a thumb sideways. Um, I got some weird like Sherlock Holmes vibes with a little bit of Doctor Who sprinkled in there, <laughs> and like I don't know that we need this version of dr doolittle especially when you know eddie murphy is still alive and could be dr doolittle again tabitha never talk about that eddie murphy dr doolittle in my presence ever again thumbs down for mitch i'm not sure why you want a sequel to that there was a sequel to that another sequel oh my god okay so this is the dr doolittle i always wanted but i want it without robert downer downey jr with a fake british accent can i get my money back for that part and everything else is fine 
thumb sideways. <laughs> you, but you haven't spent any money on this I yet. will spend money because I like animal movies that make me cry, okay? Let me have my feelings. I only have like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Um, I'm going to go thumb sideways. This, the Robert Downey Jr. thing is a little odd um, for Dr. Doolittle. And I, I got some... I got some conflicting vibes from the feel for this trailer. It just seemed like it was trying to do Little. a few too many things. <laughs> so anybody got a pen? I'm losing track. <laughs> I'm at two. <laughs> That's a very high number, okay? Not for me. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, Matt. So you're saying that they're trying to do too much. I, I feel like there's a lot. Like, there's too many different styles at this point from what I saw in this trailer that they're trying to incorporate all together. So, I, I, I don't know. Jury's still out for me. Um, Tabitha, let's uh, talk about some summer nights. Oh, okay. So, HBO has ordered a Grease prequel called Summer Lovin'. And I'm just going to read the description that HBO released about the TV show. Um, it's a joyous musical series set in and around the world of Rydell High. The show reimagines the global smash hit movie with some characters you already know and a whole lot more you will soon meet. It's still the 1950s, a world that rocks with big musical numbers from the period combined with new original songs. It's the peer pressures of high school, the horrors of puberty, and the roller coaster of life in middle America with a modern sensibility that will bring it to life for today's musical lovers. Translation, this is Glee set in the 50s and it's not something I need thumbs down matt i i this is like the reboots that don't need to happen like we don't really need anything in addition to grease so grease too with michelle pfeiffer and that was a treasure so watch it we'll just leave it at that so thumbs down on extending that universe even further what i (laughs) i'm confused on why i'm being threatened I'm just saying, like, I may have been born to hand jive, but this movie was not born to exist. Thumbs down. I'm not even mad at that pun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt, let's talk about yet another streaming service. Uh, So AMC Theaters is launching launching its own streaming service. It's going to be an on-demand streaming service. So it's not going to be basically like all the other streaming services where all the content is there. You just stream what you want when you want. It is going to be a rent or buy type of streaming service. They have deals in place with uh, the five largest studios, Disney, Paramount, Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers to allow both films from their catalogs as well as newly released films to be rented or purchased from this streaming service. Okay. So um, it's going to be anywhere between three and five, three dollars and five ninety nine to rent, and somewhere between nine ninety nine and nineteen ninety nine to buy. So most of these movies, I feel like, are going to end up on one streaming service or another that I already pay for. So I don't know why I would pay more to see them sooner. If it is sooner, there is really no information on like when the releases are going to be timed with like theatrical releases versus home release. Um, I mean, I like the fact that they're not doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, but 
it seems kind of superfluous. So thumbs sideways. So I, the jury's still out for me, but like I, a couple of things that come to mind. So you said that new releases would be available. So like in mm. theory, could you watch like a movie that's in the theaters right now on this streaming service? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, the biggest thing that they're making a point of is that there's no monthly fee. Okay. And that kind of answers my second part. Yeah. So, because that's, because that is like, kind of like, that's one of the things that like, the movie theater industry has recognized that people don't go out to see the movies Mm -hmm. as often anymore. So if they can bring the movie theater essentially to you and you're not paying a monthly fee to then on top of that, rent that movie, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to give that a thumbs up. Like I'm not, I, I will always say that like, if I have a chance to see a movie in the theater, I would like to, Mm -hmm. I know that doesn't happen for me a lot, but, um, but yeah, like, I feel like that move is brilliant for them. So if that's the route that they're going. So one more thing to add that I just missed. I had missed in the article before. Um, They are connecting this service with their Stubbs Rewards Program. Okay. Um, But their A-list, which in the Stubbs Program allows you to see movies in theaters per week, um, looks like that might carry over to the streaming service. Yeah, this... On paper, this sounds like a fantastic idea. So yeah, so, thumbs yeah. up. On paper, Movie Pass sounded like a fantastic <laughs> idea too. But I mean, <clears throat> I agree with Mitch. Like, I feel like I need to, I need to know more. Mm-hmm. But if if it's the way we're thinking that it is, thumbs up. But if it's different, which it probably is, because they wouldn't make as much money if people didn't have to go to the movie theater, thumbs sideways. No. So, um, so. Kevin Smith, uh, during the premiere for the Jay and Silent, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, he had a couple things to say about the whole Martin Scorsese ordeal. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, quite a few different things, but like the one quote that I really saw, he said that, uh, quote, these movies come from a, uh, from a core, they come from a heart, uh, happy childhood, and they're, reflect- they're reflections of a happy childhood. He's not wrong, but at the same time, neither are we for loving these movies, and they are cinema. He did also go on to su- suggest that Scorsese actually, quote, made the biggest superhero movie ever with The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> so um i'm gonna give i'm giving this a thumbs up uh kevin smith i mean he's yes he does say some off-color things but like most of the time what he says is spot on and it's kind of spot on here as well so yeah, yeah i agree thumbs up he's uh one of those geek gods like mark hamill and r.i.p stanley who you just you just listen to because they're normally right about geek culture <laughs> matt I pretty much have nothing to add to what you guys said, so thumbs up. Um, we're going to dig into the vault for just a second, Tabitha, and talk about Practical Magic. So I somehow missed this, and I found this article like a couple of days ago, and I, I don't know where I've been. But evidently, HBO Max has ordered a pilot for Rules of Magic, which is a prequel to Practical Magic, the Nicole Kidman, Sandra Bullock film. Okay. Um, the, this movie is going to follow the story of the witchy ants from the original. Um, the film is based on a book by Alice Hoffman, who also wrote Practical Magic movie and book named the same thing, Rules of Magic. This has recently come out because I remember it being out, I think, last year or the year before. But this is going to be set in 1960s New York. Um, the creator of Jessica Jones, uh, Melissa Rosenberg, is going to be writing and executive producing. Um, the ants are my favorite part of the film. 
of, of Practical Magic. So I think I'm going to like this because I love a good backstory. I'm going to miss those those actresses, though, because they won't obviously be playing the same roles. So whatever. But <laughs> thumbs sideways for this. Um, a, little, a little nervous that it's going to be an HBO Max prequel television show versus just giving a movie. But we'll see what happens. Matt. <clears throat> I'm just going to go thumb sideways. I don't have a whole lot of reference for Practical Magic. I feel like I'm going to get a shame bell just for that. Um, <clears throat> but I'll, I'll go thumb sideways. Yeah. Well, if you're going to get a shame, I will too, because I also haven't seen Practical Magic. Guys! Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. but um, Shame October's dumpster fire. Uh... That, it would never be in a contender, ever, in the history of time. So shut your mouth. <laughs> But um, but yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna give it a thumb sideways. It sounds interesting, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Matt, let's talk about Doom. So Doom is getting a TV series. Yep that that look. Um, so <laughs> it is going to be. It's called Masters of Doom. Um. USA Network has ordered the pilot for this. It's going to be produced by David James Franco. Uh, Masters of Doom was a 2003 nonfiction book uh, written by a Rolling Stone editor about the like the emergence of Doom um, and, if you will, the id software. Um, <clears throat> but... There's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of information right now whether it's going to be... At this point, they say it's going to be called Masters of Doom, but they don't know... It doesn't say whether it's going to be based on that book and follow John Carmack and John Romero, um, or if it's going to be based in the Doom universe. I, the whole idea of Dave and James Franco working on this just seems a little odd to me. I, I don't really know where this is going. Uh, until we get more information about it, I think I'm going to go thumbs down. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't The Rock star in a movie called Doom? Yes. Is this the same universe? Well, not the same, like... The same game, same yes. Same game, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I was going to be like, mm, no, nah, I don't think we need that. And even though, like, James Franco has, I don't know... I don't find him quite as funny as I used to. Mm -hmm. Dave Franco is still quality in my mind. And Tabitha's kind of giving me that look. I mean, he's a quality actor. I think he's a terrible human, but I'll let that go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone's a terrible human, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I, I'm going to, yeah, I have to give this a thought, thumb sideways because it's like, Dave Franco, he's about the only thing keeping me from going thumbs down. Tabitha. Yeah, I, movies like this don't have a history of doing very well or being very good. You can say um, they're kind of doomed from the get-go. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh God, I hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that adding the Franco brothers into this movie would save it if it was drowning. So, thumbs down. <laughs> so, um, the last thing for gut reaction. So, Freddie Prince Jr. was um, on... Jeff Dye's Friendship Podcast, and he was talking about uh, people who are unhappy with the way that the Star Wars movies are going in terms of diversity and, you know, everything like that. Okay. <laughs> so, he said, quote, look, dog, 
I really like that. <laughs> You're just mad the franchise isn't aging with you. Uh, but that ain't how it works. The first one was for effing kids. The second three were for different effing kids. And this one is for kids. You're just pissed off Han Solo gave the effing Millennium Falcon to a girl. That's it. I'm going to have to give this a thumb sideways. I understand where Freddy's going with this. But I don't think that it's just for kids. I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying that as a person in his mid-30s who still really 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 like star wars but i mean i i applaud you but you're like 85 percent right tabitha yeah i agree the uh the whole you're just mad that they gave the millennium falcon to a girl like if i have to hear one more man complain about that in my life i'm probably gonna set everything on fire so <laughs> that's how the apocalypse starts um freddie pitch jr if you've ever listened to him on anything else is a gem to geek culture because he's not somebody you would think would be like a huge nerd. And then he starts talking and you're like, you sir are a dweeb, but <laughs> awesome. Um, thumb sideways. Matt. Uh, I'm going thumbs down for the use of dog. The beginning <laughs> so, of So it. he's still stuck in like <laughs> the late nineties, early two thousands in his head because that's when he was like a big deal. That's just how he talks. Is it's it? The funniest thing. That's, and I think he does it intentionally. Because Probably, it makes people laugh. yeah, it catches people <laughs> off guard. Um, I, I'm pretty much going to echo everybody else's sentiments here too. Um, yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways on kind of the whole thing. Yeah. So, all right, so Tabitha, um, let's go to a uh, Adam's family mansion. So Booking.com has announced that they are offering four one-night stays in an Adams Family-themed home from October 29th through November 1st. Um, it's a three-bedroom, 3,700-square-foot, 19th-century townhouse in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn, that has been decorated to look like the Adams Family Mansion. Um, it's going to include things like uh, Morticia's carnivorous plants, Wednesday's headless dolls, Lurch will be there saying you rang, and there will be vases of decapitated roses for you to enjoy stems. <laughs> um, the place normally rents for $101.10, which is very specific, um, <laughs> per night, but this is just going to be a very, very quick, you know, you better hurry, you better book it kind of thing. Um, I think this is really cool. Like, I, I want to do it, but I don't live in Brooklyn, and I'm not lucky enough to be one of those people that can be like, oh, I booked it. Yeah, that's yeah, unfortunate. That's not how my life works. But this looks really cool if you guys had a chance to look at the pictures. It's like... The Adams Family Mansion, but like modernized a little bit, and it looks mm. more like the new Adams Family movie that's coming out, which I'm still a little triggered by because they have this wonderful black cherry slushy available for me <laughs> at AMC right now because of the new Adams Family movie. But I will warn you, your mouth will be black for a solid two days. Yep. Mouth, but, teeth, it's just, it's, it's. But is it worth it? It, yes. I had two of them, so yes. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was like that for so long. Maybe you I just mean, had the one. It would have been like that for one day, and it would have still not. I mean, it would have been worth it. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, Buyer beware, but it's so tasty. So. I don't know if I should be, like, admitting to this, like, for, like, the whole world or, like, for the 12 people who hear us um, to, to hear. But, like, and I didn't do this this last time. I went to see Joker on Monday. And, um, like, I was going to what I normally do because ICs are, like, a little bit more expensive than sodas. Mm -hmm. I'll usually buy a soda, get an icy. They never say anything. <laughs> 
You just changed my life. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be able to do it, though. I'm kind of a rule follower with stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I usually am, too. But I'm like, you know what? No, like, especially, like, when, like, I just ask for, like, the smallest cup you have, and you still give me, like, more liquid than I should have in a day. <laughs> And charge me, like, almost as much as my theater ticket. And then it would keep my straw from squeaking on that stupid round top of the slushie. <laughs> you have a good idea, sir. Yeah. But I was going to do that this last time, but there were a lot of kids, like, right by the icy machine. I was like, uh. Kids are going to call you out? Well, no, they were in my way. Oh. It's always a struggle to get through the horde of children to get to the slushies. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it, especially for that black cherry one. Just be aware you have to brush your teeth at least five times to get it off your teeth. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, a couple of quick uh, comic things to uh, to just briefly discuss. So the first one, I'm like, I am super excited about. Uh, we're getting a new Hawkeye uh, solo series in January. I think it's just a mini series, though. But hey, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, it's going to be written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Otto Schmidt. Uh, it's called Hawkeye Freefall. And he's going to go face-to-face with The Hood, which is one of the leaders of New York's supervillain community. Um, but also, like, the biggest thing, um, somebody else has taken on the mantle of Clint's other persona, Ronan. Okay. And um, this new Ronan is on a killing spree. And Oh. Yeah. So so Hawkeye has to stop his alternate personality. Yes. Ooh. I'm excited. Sounds good. Yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> The other thing is something that I came across uh, earlier this week, and it's a uh, and it, this is a new com- uh, nonprofit comic uh, comics publisher called Field Mouse Press. They are looking uh, for help in launching their 2020 publishing season. Uh, the first publishing project. It's a uh, comics journalism hub called Soulrad. Um, it's launching in January. And it's built on the pillars of comics, criticism, collaboration, and community, uh, with a goal to create a, quote, like, safe space for, like, constructive criticism, interviews, other features. Nice. Um, but Fieldhouse, they run on a minimum overhead, and they have uh, reduced many of their other costs. Um, and also, Soulrad runs on volunteers. So... This is going to allow for 94% of the money that they get donated to go directly to artists and authors and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, you can find out more information at fieldmouse.press, and you can also donate on Donately. Um, I'm going to post a link to their Donately page Mm. in our show notes. Uh, But yeah, definitely (laughs) be sure to check them out. So, um, Matt, let's talk about Deadpool. So... Deadpool, Marvel, Fox. It's been a question that we've all pondered and asked since that whole Disney thing went down. Is Deadpool going to become a Disney princess? (laughs) I mean, he kind of already is. (laughs) I think that's a given. Um, But the question has always been... Are, is Disney going to allow actually allow them to continue with an R-rated Deadpool? Bob Iger mentioned when the whole merger happened that they would. Um, but between Ryan Reynolds and then a meeting between Disney and the writers, uh, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, who have written both the Deadpool movies, they met with Disney recently. They have been assured. Um, and then they have told Ryan Reynolds, who kind of made this all public, um, that 
yes, Disney is going to let them continue officially with R-rated Deadpool, which I think we're all pretty thrilled about because as much as we all kind of want Deadpool in the MCU, would rather I personally would rather have the R-rated Deadpool than Deadpool in the MCU. Yeah. Like a PG-13 Deadpool. I think I think you could have both though. I think Deadpool could be in the MCU as an R-rated movie and then any team-up movies where he's in he's toned down for those. And yeah. at that point you could even make the fourth wall joke you know like deadpool can wonder like why he can't say you know the f word as many times as he can normally or you know yeah. something like that true yeah that's exciting it's it's something that yeah i think is going to make a lot of deadpool fans happy mm-hmm. uh but we still haven't had it's interesting that they're talking about this when we haven't had any kind of announcements right. for any kind of well any of the formerly fox Marvel properties, properties coming back into yeah. the MCU. So, like, is Deadpool going to be, like, the first one? I don't know. The other thing I keep seeing online is that, you know, with the discussion between... With with this, especially now that this has come, come about, um, and then, you know, Spider-Man being back in the MCU, like... Are, is there a possibility we're going to get a Spider-Man Deadpool Oh, that'd be team so up? cool. That would be awful. <laughs> I'm going to just pretend that you said awesome. I mean, I'm wearing my headphones, so maybe I couldn't really tell. Awful. A-W-F-U-L. Awful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you to be confused. Thanks for clearing that up. In my defense, I'm confused about like 93% of the stuff that goes on in my life, so (laughs) what's one more thing? Yeah, you're right. Speaking of somebody who I think is legitimately confused... Even though she's a university professor. So, (laughs) University of Washington professor Holly M. Barker. um, She has written an article. And basically, it accuses SpongeBob SquarePants. Pants? Who are you, me? (laughs) Y'all. I'm from Hamilton County. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Unfortunately. She has accused uh, SpongeBob SquarePants of normalizing colonization of indigenous lands. He's a sponge. (laughs) (laughs) Who lives in a pineapple. So. Under the sea. um, This quote from the article uh, uh, that that she published says, SpongeBob SquarePants and his friends play a role in normalizing the settler colonial takings of indigenous lands while erasing the ancestral Bikinian people from their non-fictional homeland. The Bikinians? <laughs> yes. We're, wait. Why have what? She needs more to do with her life. So, <laughs> she, she believes that Bikini Bottom is a reference to Bikini Atoll. Uh, which was the was subject? <laughs> yep. Which, if you don't, if you aren't familiar with Bikini Atoll, it was subject to nuclear testing during the Cold War. Fan theories have suggested that the characters in Bikini Bottom owe their mutation to these nuclear testings. That's what she's going off of. Not the fact that Bikini Bottom is, you know, a tongue-in-cheek reference to what. A lot of people wear when they go to the beach, but you know, whatever. 
she's thinking too hard. She's one of those English professors that like, but why were the curtains blue? And I'm like, <laughs> because the damn curtains were blue. There's <laughs> nothing else there. So <laughs> this, it gets better. Does it? It gets better. <laughs> so, um, and I read this from a couple of different sources, but um, I'm quoting the, the Independent here. It says that Professor Barker believes that as an American character allowed to inhabit an area that natives had no choice but to leave, SpongeBob showed his privilege of, quote, not caring about the detonation of nuclear bombs, end quote. <laughs> what? <laughs> Professor Barker... <laughs> has also accused the show of cultural appropriation of Pacific culture (laughs) because of the Hawaiian-style shirts, uh, houses in the shape of pineapples, tikis, and other things. (laughs) I I, I really want this to be, like, an Onion article. I'm dumbfounded. (laughs) I originally was I want her degree. (laughs) revoked and given to me <laughs> or literally anyone else <laughs> maybe uh sandy squirrel or sandy, sandy cheeks Chan- sandy cheeks has plenty of degrees all by herself she don't need you <laughs> <laughs> she's a strong independent woman squirrel <laughs> i was actually i was going to i wanted to read the original article but it was like $18 to rent it or something like that and then like huh? yeah or you could purchase the article like I was like oh we don't have those kind of funds here at the Geek Awakens so we could have had those funds if you throw us some lettuce on Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash the Geek Awakens podcast okay so so what happened was <laughs> um, this was um, totally non-geeky moment uh, but I was watching uh, NLCS, mm-hmm. and it was a later game. And after the game, like I was at home, and you know, like we had like the news followed. We just kind of were watching it, and then afterwards, uh, they had Beat Shazam on. Which do you guys know about this? Nope. Mm-hmm. It's basically name that tune. Okay. Essentially. Oh, okay. I. Yeah. I was thinking like <laughs> Shazam, Shazam, not like. The app. Even, oh, though, yeah. even though you just said this is not a geek moment, I'm still thinking DC Comics Shazam. Same. I was like, how do we beat Shazam? <laughs> so, so like, I've been, like, kind of intrigued by this show from the get-go. I've never watched it. And so it was kind of like, meh, it's on, whatever. So, like, one of the contestants' name was Latisse. And Jamie Foxx, who hosts this show, like, when he was, like interviewing the contestants or whatever at one point he was like oh man i thought your name was lettuce and she was like yeah just throw me the lettuce like talking about money so i was like when i watched this like when the game in question was what last saturday maybe even back then i was like that's gonna be this week's so you can blame jamie fox or someone who named their daughter latisse Aaron, hey, ron that too god stop Balake. i'm gonna hit you so- <laughs> So between Beat Shazam and this whole thing with Bikini Bottom, um, we really need some uh, some religion in our lives. And Tabitha, you got a couple of stories to, to, to end this episode with. I feel like I need to stretch. Okay, so do you guys want me to start with the shoes or the bracelet? I have the bracelet written down, but hey, you know, this is your time to shine. You pick whichever okay, one you I'm want. Okay, I'm going to go with the shoes because I have a lot of feelings about the bracelet, so I'm going to need to, like, hash that out for a minute. 
Okay, so Brooklyn-based creative arts company MSCHF, say that five times fast, bought a pair of Nike Air Max 97s for $167. They filled the air pockets in the back of the shoe with holy water from the River Jordan that was blessed by a Brooklyn priest. Um, There's also a cute little shoelace charm of a golden Christ on a crucifix. It's a little bonus. Um, And then they charged uh, approximately $1,400 for them. Whoa! Hold, please. Then the buyer turned around and has them listed for $4,000 on a sneaker resale site, which is evidently a thing. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Um, The company's head of commerce, Daniel Goldberg, says that the shoes were designed in response to ridiculous brand collaborations like Arizona Ice Tea pairing up with Adidas. So it's a mockery. It's a it's a move like a what's the word I'm looking for? But but it's an expensive one, and also there's holy water in shoes now. And how do they? I just it, I have so many questions. They're literally if, walking on water. Like I hate it when I step in a puddle. I don't care if it's holy water or not. I'm gonna be uncomfortable. What if your socks get wet? What if it pops? Like I mean, they sealed it back up because it's like in the little like where there would be air in the shoes. Mm-hmm. They sealed it back up with like the heated like a thing and sealed it back up. But like. Also, what are you doing walking into a church and being like, yo, Padre, can you bless this water so I can put it in a shoe? Like, <laughs> and Okay, but also, if you're trying to mock these collaborations, why would you turn around and sell it for 10 times what you bought the shoe for? Do you remember that time that the Catholic Church would charge people to, like, see their relics and stuff? Oh, yeah, it's you're a, right. It's a mockery of that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so <laughs> dumbfounded by all this. Yeah. I still can't get past the fact that, like, you're willing to risk voluntarily getting your socks wet. <laughs> I can't get that. Also, what if these end up in some kind of like weird retail store because, you know, I don't know, somebody buys them for $4,000, realize they waste their money and they end up living in their closet until they die and they get, you know, donated to the local Google and a demon puts them on and now the demon's walking around with holy water in his shoes. That well, priest just exercised something he didn't even know about. I mean, you can really... Exercise. <laughs> exercising. <laughs> I already thought about that joke. So sorry. <laughs> well, then that priest gets like extra credit points. Is that how priestdom works? I don't know. Well, I'm not a priest. I don't know. Um, and then it's just been a, it's been an interesting week for the for the Catholics. So, so that priest is saving souls. <laughs> I'm not even mad. Not even mad. I'm sorry. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So then, uh, the Vatican, who can always be relied upon to offer us our newest technology. That's a joke. Um, The Vatican is launching a click-to-pray e-rosary on October 25th, just in time for Halloween. It's literally exactly what you think it is. It is basically a smartwatch rosary that is connected to a smartphone app that can be activated by making the sign of the cross, which as much as I do that, like in a joking manner, I'd be activating this thing all the time. (laughs) Literally always. Um, It is made of 10 black um, hematite beads and is a, has a little cross on the top that stores your data. Um, You can, you can choose to pray one of the free of three different rosaries, the standard, the contemplative or a thematic rosary, which will be updated frequently by the Catholic church to your app. (laughs) Um, it keeps track of your completed rosaries, and you can listen to the gospel on the app, so you can cant along with whatever on the app. It also keeps track of your health, so they can judge you for being lazy and not praying. Huh. Um, it, the only thing I keep thinking about is, like, the Pope is, like, the new big brother. 
And like, this is taking Catholic guilt to like a whole new level. Like now <laughs> you really can is. track me. You know, when I'm feeling upset and I cross myself on accident because I'm having feelings and I'm like, oh no. And now you're going to track how many times I'm like, they're watching us. Like uh-huh. they're watching us. And it's also $110, me- but available on Amazon.com. Everybody else is watching us. So I guess yeah. it's only I don't want time. the Vatican watching me. Like, of all the things in all the land, like, Google can watch me. That's cool. Facebook can watch me. That's fine. Instagram can put an ad on there for something I walked by and didn't th- just thought about. That's cool. I don't I don't need the Vatican to watch me not pray. It, like, it sends you a notification. Like, we just noticed that you just left a strip club. Would you like to confess your sins? That's what I'm waiting for. Or it to be like, <laughs> you ate seven donuts you want to pray for your gluttony like <laughs> and it's like pray anywhere like i don't need a it's gonna have notifications watch. for the seven deadly sins <laughs> you, you missed your steps goal today you sloth <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean that was, that was the other question though if, it, if you can wear it, is it gonna track it your steps like yeah, a fitbit it does it has a help feature that connects to your smartphone like your the app it tracks your fitness. It also, like, will buzz when you need to stand up, like, much like your Apple Watch or your Fitbit would do. But it's also Does it there buzz when you need to pray. get to your knees? You should rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It's, uh... It's an e-rosary, guys. We're in the whole... Like, I have two rosaries. I have one that was, like, 50 cents and came in a box somewhere. And the one that was, like, my grandma's. That's, like, super nice. But guess what I don't need? One that connects to my smartphone that will track me. I mean, it's just like... It's just like having, you know, that book that's been in your family for a couple generations. And also having that same book, you know, in e-format on your phone. No. My book in e-format on my phone isn't tracking me and making sure I pray. You don't know I feel that. like you're. this is also going to be one of those things where you can, like, give the, the, they'll sell your login information to your grandma and she'll be like, pray! And it, like, zaps you. <laughs> I'm telling you, Catholic guilt. Yeah, whole new level. It, it really is, actually. That's really what this is. Yeah. That's just another way of guilting you into things. That's why we pray. I mean, stick pray. with what you're good at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel guilty. Now feel guilty all the time, everywhere. Is that their slogan? <laughs> I mean, yes. to be fair, that's my slogan. And also, and also give us money for $110 currently available on Amazon. Is it available for Prime? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it is available for pre-order currently. Most pre-order items are available for Prime, so probably. I know what everybody's getting for Christmas. That's a lot of money. Please don't buy me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> so... That's all the time we have for this episode of Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back next week. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye.